that's so braven. If you don't listen to this podcast, do you know what happens? You get it. Okay. I feel good about that. <laughs> That's So Braven is brought to you by Tardy's Collector Corner and Grand Rapids Comic Con. Get your tickets at grcomiccon.com now. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to That's So Braven. I am your host, Benjamin Raven. I am back at home, out of studio. It is Sunday morning, August 12th, and I have just finished up the G1 Climax 28 Finals between Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi. This podcast will be filled with G1 spoilers, all the G1 spoilers, from day one up until Sunday's finals in Tokyo. All in all, before we get into the finals and the spoilers, spoilery stuff, um, the G1 Climax is worth your New Japan World subscription alone. I, uh, this was the first time I watched it start to finish and did my best to keep up. There were a couple times I got two or three days behind, but... You know, when shows are starting at 2, 3, 5 a.m. Eastern Time, that's tough to do, and I understand it. And uh, I have easily adopted the strategy of just waking up a little earlier than usual rather than trying to wake up live at 3 a.m. Um, yeah, but this was a blast. Start to finish, I had a great time. Um, yeah, you hit a couple of lulls, but the lulls weren't bad, and the lulls were not sustained at all. I mean, this is a long tournament. There's a lot of stories to tell. And it can be easy stretching stories out for as many days as we did here. I mean, nearly a month of nonstop action with a couple of days of travel of rest in between. But let's go through the final point standings. This is where we're going to get into some spoilery stuff. I'm going to go over the finals. I'm going to go over the future, what that holds. I'm going to go over some recent all-in and StarCast announcements on how you can be a part of the event with us, the Court of Nerds. That's so braven. Drew and John of the Court of Nerds Podcast Network will be with me in Chicago for StarCast, for All In. We're in for the long haul, Wednesday through Sunday. And on that Sunday, we're even stopping off in Kalamazoo for a WWE house show. So that's so that's what you're getting when you're listening to That's So Brave, and you're getting the freaks. You're getting us. We, we live, breathe professional wrestling. <laughs> oh, shit. But let's get into it. The final point standings, Black A. Black A, excuse me, Block A. Tanahashi won Block A with 15 points. Uh, Okada took second with 13 points. Okada and Tanahashi met on the final night of Block A, and they delivered, once again, just another instant classic. I have not seen if Meltzer has rated it yet, but that's a five-star match if I've ever seen a five-star match, and it would represent their second five-star match of the year. At least five-star match of the year because Tanahashi and Okada had a five-and-a-half-star match back in May when Okada set the record for most uh, consecutive title defenses. Fantastic match there. I personally preferred the G1 one. The one from, uh, I believe it was August 10th. Uh, Wow, what a match. It went to a draw. Uh, Tanahashi only needed a draw to advance. Okada needed a win. So it was a winner move on, but Tanahashi draw move on match. And it went to a 30-minute draw. 
And just what a battle between these two guys. Absolutely stellar battle. Go out of your way to watch Okada Tanahashi. I believe that was August August 10th, yep, from Tokyo. Absolutely fantastic. Also on that card, Evil and Jay White was fantastic. And, uh, yeah, that was about it on that card. <laughs> See, some of those days were top-heavy, and some of those days were stacked. And that's just what you're going to get with G1, but... Yeah, okay, let's go back to the standings. But that's how Block A ended. It went down to the final day, and Tanahashi moved on with a draw to get the one point. That's how the G1 works. A win, two points. A draw, one point. If you don't win, it's zero points. Round robin, ten guys in each block. Most guys with each point from each block face off in the in sudden death finals with no time limit. And that's where we are right now. Tanahashi, 15. Okada, 13. I'll also add in some notes, notes as I talk about each guy. Jay White in third place with 12 points. Uh, Jay White jumped out to an early start, uh, getting some huge wins over the likes of uh, Okada. And my goodness, did Jay White bite? We're going to figure this out real quick. Did, uh, excuse me. I think Jay White beat freaking Tanahashi and Okada early on. Yeah, Jay White beat Tanahashi and Okada early on. Um, I really loved the storytelling for Jay White throughout G1 Climax. Seriously, though, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, the intermittent uh, chaos stuff was just very well done. Uh, trying to sway the younger chaos members to the dark side uh, in the tag matches leading into the actual tournament matches. Uh, winning his matchups in the actual G1 in a dastardly yet violent manner. Nobody uses the steel barricade better than Jay White. This guy's so young. I mean, his run early in the G128 caught my eye. And there's something that I personally like about this guy more and more each time I see him. And uh, just uh, to give another shout-out, when Rocky Romero hopped on commentary, the Chaos Angle just received another layer. I thought Rocky did a great job. He added a lot. He added a lot to the Jay White matches, the Okada matches, the the C-Block leading-in matches. And I enjoyed White and his antics throughout G1, and I thought he looked great. I think there's big things in store for this young New Zealand guy. Uh, he looks fantastic. I love his finisher. I love his gimmick. Uh, he's committed. And that's, a, that's such a big deal, to be committed to your gimmick. Oh, shoot. Oh, here we go. Evil in fourth place in block A with 10 points. And Evil delivered some just fantastic matches. Like, seriously, some fantastic matches. I loved Evil's match with Okada. I thought that was just awesome. Those guys went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Oh, the finish to that match was awesome. Awesome. Evil and Hangman had a fun match, too. Evil and Suzuki was fun. Evil, Evil, oh, Evil and Sonata. Sonata was in block B. They, they both consistent, fantastic matches, and they both placed fairly well. Evil with 10 points. Uh, Minoru Suzuki tied him for fourth with 10 points. Suzuki, Suzuki is Suzuki. I'm so into Suzuki, and he delivered an awesome match with Okada. He put Hangman Page over in fun fashion. That was a big match for Hangman, and Suzuki looked great in it. Suzuki and Elgin was fun. Suzuki was just a blast. Suzuki and Jay White was super fun. Suzuki and Tanahashi. Suzuki, put that guy with anything, and he's going to make it fun. Uh, Michael Elgin, six points. Heavy hitter. Heavy hitter. He had some very tough, tough, brutal, hard-hitting matches. He was in every match, it seemed like. Um, Big Mike looks good over there. He, he fits in very well. He fits in very well. Six points for him. Bad Luck Fale, six points. I don't think he got pinned or submitted. I think he lost all of his matches by DQ. So, there's that. I, I, we'll get into that more when I get on to Tamatanga. Yeah. Uh, Hangman Page was six points. Started very slow. Took a while to get a win. I believe he beat Makabe. 
he beat Minoru Suzuki. Uh, I am forgetting who he got his third win over. It might have been Yoshihashi, but uh, Hangman looks good. It was solid matches throughout. He had a really, really good match with Okada. Um, yeah, people are going to look at his points and overlook that. But he turned in some great performances, so don't be swayed by his results. And I did results with uh, air quotes, visual medium. So that was a big spot for him. He got to work with some of the best in the world, day in, day out. And his match with Suzuki was huge in my mind in New Japan. Like, that was a huge spot for him. He, he, he did good. Makabe, six points. Um, I'll give him a shout-out. I liked his work with Okada. I did enjoy his match with Okada. Uh, Yoshihashi, six points. Once again, Okada brought out the best in him, too. Um, they made that a fun story. It was uh, Yoshihashi's only main event match, the Climax 28. So, yeah, he made the best of his one main event spot. Moving over to Block B. Kota Ibushi, Kenny Omega, Naito, and Zack Sabre Jr. all tied for first place with 12 points. But Kota Ibushi won the tiebreaker. He beat Omega. He beat Naito. And he beat Zack Sabre Jr. But Kota lost to Sonata, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, Kota lost to Tamatanga late in the G1. And to Sonata. And that match with Sonata was absolutely fantastic. So Kota... Kota wins the B block with 12 points. Omega also with 12 points. Naito with 12 points. Sabre Jr. with 12 points. A um, couple notes here. Obushi and Naito was a great match, but there were like four spots. Scary drops on the heads. Uh, there were a couple. The, the German suplex from the apron back into the ring on Naito. I mean, he landed on the direct back of his neck, and while he was fine, that's scary to watch at home with recent events. You know, uh, I thought that was a very dangerously booked match, and. Um, yeah, uh, there were a couple scary spots, and it looks like everybody walked away from But my goodness, a lot of head and neck drops. Just a lot of head and neck drops after the time bomb incident. And I don't want, you know, you don't ever want to see that hold guys back, because if you hold stuff back, you're probably going to get hurt worse. But I don't know. I, I had a couple dangerous spots that made me kind of go, too much, too much, too much. You guys are awesome. Just work at that. Um, Naito and Sabre Jr. Um, wow. That was the last night of the B block. That was one hell of a match. Sabre Jr. and Omega tore the house down. The four guys that tied for first place all tore the house down together. I mean, Kota and Kenny took it to the next level. I mean, it was just a top this match. Package, tombstone, pile driver, whatever Kenny calls that on the apron. Just kicks and kicks and kicks. High flips. Just Kenny and Kota brought the house down. Kota and Naito. I mean, yeah, a couple cringeworthy spots just... With landing on the head and neck, you don't want to. I don't. I, I don't like that. Uh, tore it. Tore it down. And Sonata got in there too. I loved Sonata's main event spots with Omega, Naito, and Kota. Uh, great stuff. I. Uh, I'm into Sonata and Evil as a tag team and as singles competitors. They. They are. Those are big time stars right there. They can um, break out because those guys can bring it. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it. Ishi with eight. Maybe. Maybe. The most, I mean, uh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say here, but Ishii was unbelievably, fantastically consistent throughout this tournament. Ishii and Goto, who had six points right behind him, absolutely tore the house down together. Ishii and Omega tore the house down. Goto and Ishii is a must-watch. Goto and Kenny Omega is a must-watch. I believe Meltzer gave Goto and Kenny Omega five stars, and it deserved every single star. Goto and Ishii, while they only had eight and six points and didn't even crack the top five, they might have been 
the most overachieving, most consistent, most just night-in, night-out, have-to-watch match throughout the tournament. Seriously. Even their matches with, like, Juice and Yano. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it just worked. Goto beat Yano in, like, two minutes, and it just worked. Ishii and Goto, hats off. Hats off. I hope they gained a lot of fans. Um, yeah, I'd like to see those guys go up the card. Here we go. Tamatanga with six points. You know, the first week of the G1, I was super into uh, Gorillas of Destiny and BCOG and their antics. And then it just kind of never evolved. It was the shame, the shame shtick, the same shtick night in and night out. And it just, it got old. Uh, I don't know. I like Tamatanga a lot as a performer. I think he's got a lot of swagger, just natural swagger. He's obviously an amazing athlete. He's a great tag team wrestler. He's a fun singles wrestler. And I I, I need to just see a little evolution in that storyline. Like, yeah, we get it. You're interfering and you're helping your guy win. Jay White kind of does that sometimes too. You need to add a couple layers, you know, it gets a little too predictable, but they're over as bad guys. <laughs> Seemingly kayfabe and non-kayfabe <laughs> being told not to swear as much that's directly to tama and juice who came in with four points um juice was the most disappointing of this g1 i felt like and i'm not the biggest juice fan in the world i like his work but uh i i i personally i don't i i, I don't know i don't know what i'm trying to say here i i didn't like the match with jay white at um shit that show at the cow palace in san francisco g1 special meh it, it it lacked logic and intelligence to me uh, both guys are great workers juice is a great worker but i haven't invested myself in that character yet i have invested myself in the person but i don't consider that getting your character over when you're using your real name and kind of talking about wwe and stuff i don't know i i i've had a weird grip on juice and i felt like the g128 kind of they could have built off of that big win against Jay White, and I felt like him losing a lot of matches early. You know, wins and losses might not matter, but losses to Juice Robinson mattered early in this tournament. I mean, when you're champion and you just lose, 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 that doesn't look great. So, I don't know. Well, it was solid all-around action. I felt like this was a little blip and a development opportunity for Juice. It just kind of makes you wonder about those rumor WWE reinterest rumor innuendo that they were super interested in bringing him back. I like the character. I like him talking. Um, I love his finisher. He delivers that unprettier. <laughs> Christian's unprettier better than Christian did. I, I like that Juice does it. There there are things I like about Juice, but there's just a couple things I need to see more of. And uh, I was looking forward to seeing more of that in the G1. Like, I came in with an open mind, and I kind of felt like they dropped the ball. But this might have been the only ball drop, to be completely honest. Because even Yano, who tied Juice with the lowest amount of points with four delivered say what you will about yano what he did with omega just worked so well and uh yeah he does the shame the kind of same shtick over and over again but it works really well with guys like naito and omega i mean suplexing omega on the stack of turnbuckle pads and omega not selling it because he landed on the pads it's one of my favorite moments of the g1 fight me uh, so yeah, that pretty much wraps up the standings, so I just kind of want to run through some like awesome matches throughout the tournament. As I said, um, oh, i got to give a shout-out, actually, to the announced team. Kevin Kelly, what a fantastic job you did day in and day out. Uh, Chris Carlton was even a nice little added blip there at the end. Uh, but Kevin Kelly, one of the best in the world. 
Guy keeps getting better and better each time out. Even when he makes a mistake, he goes to Twitter and asks about it. I mean, that's what wrestling fans want to see in their wrestling play-by-play guy. Him caring about the product, about getting it right, about the moves, about the talent, about the storytelling ability. And Kevin Kelly, mm, talk about adding value to the New Japan World subscription. Kevin Kelly does that. What a fantastic job. Him and Rocky worked really well together. Oh, I, I just hats off there. Hats off there. Oh, shoot. But favorite matches along the way. I did this off of my head while watching uh, the G1 Finals. Not the actual match, but like the matches leading into it. Some solid stuff there. But uh, Omega vs. Kota was fantastic. Omega vs. Goto. Goto vs. Ishii. Ishii vs. Omega. Sonata vs. Kota Ibushi. Evil vs. Okada. Tanahashi vs. Okada. Naito vs. Kota. Saber Jr. vs. Naito. Saber Jr. vs. Omega. Oh, just some absolutely fantastic stuff. Anything from Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> Seriously, I love him. And uh, Sonata. Sonata, Evil, Suzuki, Ishii, and Goto were the guys that really got me to want more and more and more and more from them during this tournament. Omega, Cody, Okada, Tanahashi, and those guys. I mean, they reaffirmed why they are the top guys. Uh, just absolutely fantastic stuff. I just... Very cool, very cool stuff. As for the finals, Tanahashi vs. Ibushi, let's talk about it. Let's get into it. It happened today, Sunday, August 12th. Get on that New Japan World subscription because Tanahashi has just earned himself a main event match at Wrestle Kingdom 13 against the IWGP heavyweight champion, who is currently Kenny Omega. Now, many would have suspected, and maybe this is why New Japan went in this direction, that Kota Ibushi would win, and we would have a Golden Lovers Explode main event at WrestleMania, Wrestle Kingdom 13, brother. But that would not be the case. Tanahashi. Oh, man, another one. This is Tanahashi's third G1 Climax win, and that is unbelievable. Tanahashi is a former two-time IWGP Intercontinental Champion, a seven-time IWGP Heavyweight Champion, a two-time Tag Team Champion, a three-time Never Openweight Six-Man Tag Team Champion. This man has and continues to do it all. He has not slowed down at all because, as I said, he's already delivered multiple five-star matches, according to our boy Dave Meltzer over at Wrestling Observer Newsletter this year in 2018 alone. Okada on May 4th. Him and Okada have a masterful story that they've told for years, dating back to 2012 together, and they deliver and they expand upon that story every time they step into the ring. Tanahashi is a treasure... He is not over the hump. He might not be 30 anymore, but who the hell cares? This guy is bringing it every single night, and it was really cool to see him come out there with Shibata uh, in the finals. Um, just just fantastic. This was a fantastic story. Tana versus Kota Ibushi. It, it exceeded my very high expectations. A match full of memorable classic wrestling moments. Like a vicious... Vicious, violent footstop on the apron from Kota to Tanahashi. Tanahashi hitting the high fly flow to the outside. Oh my goodness, a long-standing New Japan icon for someone who is a big star, but one that has just fully returned to the promotion. A cool moment, built-in stories, heavy-hitting, innovative stuff as always from both guys. I love how much the crowd is into both of these men, and what a truly special match. Like, as I said, just cool, so cool to see Shibata and Tana's corner, and very cool to see Omega, whose fate literally could rest in the hands of this match as a result, in Kota's corner. 
a physically intelligent, beautiful match that works so well for what these two are capable of. These are just two guys that bring out the best in you, of each other, and holy shit, damn. Some of the combo strikes in this match, absolutely stellar from both of them. Tana is a great facial storyteller. He made me believe Koda's strikes more and more and more every single time as each min minute of this no time limit uh, championship match continued to go on. I mean, this. I mean, <laughs> my notes. He made that insane five-minute combo strike matter so much more. I mean, they literally just beat the shit out of each other, each other, for speaking like Moe's from The Office. Each other, uh, each other for about five minutes. I mean, it was unbelievable. And uh, man, during the match with <clears throat> Omega in the B Block Finals, Ome uh, Kota hit this insane moonsault knee drop onto Omega's chest with all of his weight. He one-upped himself the next night with Tanahashi. What a vicious move. He literally moonsaults into his knees into a guy's chest with all of his weight. Unbelievable. A little later in uh, today's, this morning's match, Eastern Time, uh, Cody hit a much cleaner German from the apron to the inside than he did on Naito. I thought he killed Naito, as I said. There were a couple spots in that match that made me gooey. But uh, none more than that German suplex directly onto the back of his head and neck. Uh, much cleaner on Tana. And damn, this match went for a long time. But it didn't slow down. It didn't get boring. It just, you were kind of like at the end, like, oh my god, these guys have been beating the shit out of each other for like 40 minutes. Ugh. Uh, you, I mean, Kota hits that German from the apron to the inside. And then hits... Oh, Tana with the high-rise last-ride powerbomb, and Tana kicks out. That blew me away, because I thought that was uh, Kota winning it there. It was not. We had a couple more minutes left, and what a perfect ending. Tanahashi recovers, hits a high-fly flow to Kota, laying on his stomach to the back. He goes back up top. Kota stands up. He hits a high-fly flow to Kota standing. And then Kota's on the ground, laying on his back in classic form, and he hits one more high-fly flow to get the 1-2-3 end. And uh, while the Kota Kenny fans, <laughs> the shirt fans, will be upset, Tana is Tana, and that was an awesome match. What a showing for each man. Powerful moment in the ring afterwards with Kenna and Kota, and so cool to see Shabbat out there. <clears throat> Just, uh, excuse me, I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> Sorry, I'm selling that a little. But uh, what a fantastic G1, top to bottom. As I said, just some unbelievable showings, and I want to give everybody their do just because top to bottom even the guys that might not have stolen the moment or had as big as a showing as they might have hoped or some might have hoped uh everyone contributed everyone had a high spot everyone had a good moment everyone delivered a match that is worth re-watching guys like hangman page and jay white those young up-and-coming guys in this tournament sonata evil guys that have not ascended to the top of the top of the top they showed that they belong with some of the best in the world this is a grueling tournament. I mean, these guys worked and worked and worked and worked and traveled and traveled and traveled and beat the hell out of each other in big, important matches. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just going through the match list in here. I just want to give everybody their due. Sonata versus Kota Ibushi was the biggest surprising result. I did not see Sonata beating Kota that clean. And that was a match that... Everyone should rewatch. I had a blast with that match. I had a blast with uh, Tanahashi and Hangman Page, Suzuki and Jay White, as I said. July 22nd, A Block was a big, big night. That was a good night. Yeah, that was a that was a good night. Oh no, excuse me. Sorry, I'm just going through the schedule here real quick. But yeah, G1 Climax 28. You should absolutely watch it. You should get the New Japan World subscription. I mean. 
This is like a month-long Royal Rumble. The winner gets to face the IWGP Heavyweight Champion in the main event at Wrestle Kingdom 13. That's four months away. And as it stands right now, that would be Tanahashi versus Kenny Omega. <laughs> Damn. Tanahashi versus Kenny Omega on paper? That's unbelievable. Might not be Kota versus Kenny, but uh, we got four months to go. The winner of the G1 usually puts that contract on the line a couple of times, and you never know what's going to happen. What an amazing top-to-bottom tournament. I can't speak about it enough. Uh, just to get the plugs in, we got a little Starcast to talk about still, too. Um, we It's been a nice month for That's So Braven. We had uh, Ian Riccoboni, the voice of Ring of Honor, on earlier. You can still find that interview, thecourtofnerds.com. Find us on iTunes. Find us anywhere you get your podcast. Subscribe. Rate and review. It helps us. It, re- it really helps us find more fans and more people. And if you like what we do, spread the gospel. Spread the gospel. I appreciate it. But uh, we, Drew and I were in studio to t- talk with Ian, and we went over about anything. His career, StarCast, all in. Uh, New Japan and Ring of Honor teaming up to put on a show at the Garden. How Ian got the call that he was going to be the voice of Ring of Honor. Hint, hint, he was on a toilet in Chicago. Um, that's a great hour-long talk, and word just came out this week that Ring of Honor and New Japan sold out the Garden in very fast time. So congratulations to them. Congratulations to wrestling fans, because I really hope to see some competition. I want to see WWE get pushed on the main roster. I want to see Ring of Honor and New Japan continue to grow and work together, because I think it's a recipe for success. I want to see Impact get in there. They're continuing to do great things. They're represented very great at All In. Just announced today on the most recent episode of Being the Elite, Sunday, August 12th, Kenny Omega vs. Penta, co-main event of All In. Unbelievable. We've got that post up at thecourtofnerds.com with the complete match listing for All In. We will be there. We will be at StarCast. You can order StarCast on Fight TV for $79.99. Uh, that's the weekend pass. There are a lot other options out there. You can even go home with a piece of the all-in canvas if you spend a little extra dough. But uh, hit them up, StarCast, 2Rs, 18 on Twitter. All the updates. Awesome social media account. Uh, interactive, updating, always informative, helpful. StarCast, 18, 2Rs on that. Dot com. Handle on Twitter. Hit them up. Speaking of that, we just had the man behind StarCast, Conrad Thompson, on our show a week ago. That talk is as fresh as ever. iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcast, thecourtofnerds.com. StarCast is loaded. They keep on announcing events and events and events. Just this week, they announced the Gorillas of Destiny. Haku, Tama, Tonga. Oh, excuse me. I woke up early to watch New Japan. Forgive me. I'm not cheeseburger. As I tweeted earlier this week... Uh, I'm going to rearrange my interview list for StarCast. Cheeseburger? That's somebody I've always wanted to talk to, so... Hey, Ring of Honor contacts. We want to talk to Cheeseburger. But, uh, yeah. Other than that, SummerSlam is coming up. Watch out for that. We just did a preview with Joey Williamson. uh, Running through that card. And NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. It has been a busy week over at That's So Braven on TheCourtOfNerds.com. Thank you for listening. Once again, we're brought to you by Tardy's Collector Corner in Grand Rapids and Grand Rapids Comic Con from DeVos Performance Hall in downtown Grand Rapids, November 9th through the 11th. Follow them on Twitter. Find them on Facebook. Go to grcomiccon.com. Mark, Brittany, and the team over at Grand Rapids Comic Con continue to announce guests, vendors, and stuff like that. It's a fun con every year. We're so proud to be a part of it and to be your celebrity moderators. 
even if we were not there working as part of the team, we would still go. It's a great con. There's something there for everyone. We'll be there. So if you want to talk wrestling, just find me. I'll talk wrestling with anybody. Those who came out and saw us at Free Comic Book Day at Tardy's Collector Corner this year found that out firsthand. I found myself talking about New Japan Wrestling more than I did comic books. So, uh, I guess that's time to stop. (laughs) I need Drew to get me some, like, play-out outro music. Drew, if you're listening, produce me something. You can find Ben on Twitter at Benjamin S. Raven and on Facebook at Benjamin Raven.